Good morning. I'm Aya Wim I'm Wimala. I'm no longer an Aya. <laughs> uh, I am Wimala and I'm here in Crystal Lake, Northern Illinois, not too far from Blue Lotus Temple in Woodstock. And it's Thursday and a gray day here, but it's a gray day for the world. The Ukraine has been invaded by Russia and people were awakened this morning to sounds of explosions in the distance or nearby. So what we're witnessing is another case of samsara bringing, bringing the worst. And you know, what will happen with all of us is that the more connected we feel to other beings, the more these issues where people are at war with each other and uh, such closely related people with families or who have come from Russia and live in the Ukraine and the uh, closeness to the being right there on the edge of Europe. Um, as our compassion grows and we see ourselves as connected to all beings, it's, uh, it becomes a more personal sorrow, whether we know any of the individual people or not. And so that's what we're... Yes, as Susan's saying, we're meditating and praying for peace. And that's what we all need to be doing. This world is so absence of peace. And uh, this, this is a situation where We've been watching this coming over the, you know, we've seen it all over the world for forever and, uh, and been watching this coming. And uh, it's, it's very hard to witness, it, it, but it's, it's like happening again. So remember that this may be hitting you harder as your heart opens up and your practice grows and your comprehension of the reality of the world. And the book we're reading, The Heartwood of the Bodhi Tree, it's exactly what Bhikkhu Buddhadasa is talking about, is that uh, not, not, not me, this isn't all about me. And uh, our, our connections are to all living beings. And so... It may feel more painful, you may feel more sensitive, but this is the reality of the world of samsara. And it should be encouraging us to kind of up our game in terms of meditation and creating peace in our own lives and being a, a, being a beacon of peace in your life because we can't change the the... We can't change samsara worldwide. We can only begin by starting with ourselves. So, we will continue to support each other and to pray together and meditate together and always have these fellow humans and, and everything, everyone involved, every creature involved, in the destruction, in the change, in the fear, in the trauma. Um, but we need to also begin with our own hearts and just 
be able to let go of all the anger and hatred and envy and uh, greed that we carry in our own hearts. And that may be the best first steps that we can take. So prayers are with you. If any of you have relatives or friends or specific individuals you know, uh, it's always good to add them to a prayer list. And then those of us who don't will just be added. So let's go back to our reading, and then when we sit, we'll dedicate our meditation to not only the people in the Ukraine, but all people who are going through similar situations and the state of the world. There's a need for compassion for all of this. So why don't we read together and then we'll sit. And remember, we're talking about what is the topic? All the the meaning of sunyata, and he's talking about the different different meanings of the word or the voidness. I feel like I know we left off at all practices in one. Nothing, and we've just, he was, we were just reading, um, nothing whatsoever should be grasped at or clung to as being I or mine. This is the heart of Buddhism. He said that to have heard the phrase, Sabe Dhamma Nalam Abhini Visaya, is to have heard everything. To have put it into practice is to have practiced everything. And to have reaped its fruits is to have reaped every fruit. So in that section, he's telling us there's not, out of this handful of leaves, there's some basic things we need to understand and experience and penetrate. But it doesn't have to be an overwhelming amount. So, when there is grasping and clinging, that is dukkha. When there is no grasping and clinging, that is, being void of grasping and clinging, there is no suffering, no dukkha. The practice is to make the non-arising of grasping and clinging absolute, final, and eternally void, so that it cannot ever return. Just that is enough, there is nothing else to do. All practice in one. This practice is every practice. Can you think of anything that remains to be practiced in a given moment if a person, whether Mr. Smith, Mrs. Jones, or anyone at all, has a mind free of grasping and clinging? At that moment, what does that person have? Please think it over. We can see that the person has attained all the traditional practices, the Triple Refuge, Tisadana, giving, dana, virtuous conduct, sila, meditation, samadhi, the discernment of truth, panya, and even the path realizations, their fruits, 
and Nibbana. Anyone with a mind free of grasping and clinging, at that moment we have it all. At that moment of non-grasping, one has certainly attained the first practice, that of the Triple Refuge. One has reached the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. For to have a heart free of the mental defilements and dukkha is to be one with the heart of the Triple Gem. One has reached them without having to chant Budang Sadananga Chami. And then we've, we have read this. He goes on to say that that is just a ritual, a ceremony of entrance as ex, an external matter. It doesn't penetrate to the Buddha, Dhamma, and Sangha in the heart. If at any moment a person has a mind void of grasping at <clears throat> and clinging to I and mine, even if only for an instant, the mind has realized voidness. The mind is clean, clear, and calm. It is one and the same as the heart of the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. If there is a moment in which one's mind is void of I and mine, in that moment one has taken refuge and has reached the triple gem. The next practice is giving, dana, or making donations. The meaning of giving and sharing is to let go, to relinquish and give away, to end all grasping at and clinging to things as being I or mine. As for giving in order to receive a much greater reward, such as giving a tiny amount and asking for a mansion up in heaven, that's not giving, it's just a business deal. Giving must have no strings attached. It must cast off the things that we grasp at and cling to as being I and mine. <clears throat> at the moment that one has a mind void of ego consciousness, then one has made the supreme offering for when even the self has been given up, what can there be left to give? When the eye feeling has come to an end, the mind feeling will vanish by itself. Thus, at any moment that a person has a mind truly void of self, when even the self has been completely relinquished, he or she has developed giving to its perfection. To move on to virtuous conduct or ethics, we call sila in Pali, one whose mind is void and free of grasping at and clinging to a self or possessions of self, is one whose bodily and verbal actions are truly and perfectly virtuous. Any other sort of ethics or morality is just an up-and-down affair. We may make resolutions to refrain from this and abstain from that, but we can't keep them. It's up and down because we don't know how to let go of self and the possessions of self from the start. There being no freedom from self, there can be no real morality or normalcy, or if there is, it's inconsistent. It is not the virtuous conduct that is satisfying to the noble ones. It is still worldly morality, 
continually going up and down. It can never become transcendent. Morality, whenever the mind is void, even if it's only for a moment or a day or a night, one has true sila for all of that time. As for concentration or collectedness, and that's samadhi, the void mind has supreme samadhi, the superbly focused, focused firmness of mind, of mind, a strained and uneven sort of concentration isn't the real thing. I like that, a strained and uneven sort of concentration. That straining is that oh, kind of forcing things, and you can feel that force going on. Further, any kind of samadhi that aims at anything other than non-clinging to the five aggregates is wrong or perverted samadhi. You should be aware that there is both wrong samadhi and right samadhi, only the mind that is void of grasping at and clinging to I and mine can have the true and perfect stability of correct concentration, sama samadhi. One who has a void mind always has correct samadhi. If it, if it needs to aim at non-clinging to the five aggregates, and those are form, feeling, perception, consciousness, and that form, feeling, perception, mental formations, and consciousness. All those things that make us make us this human entity up. We're, we are we the we are aiming our deeper concentrated meditation samadhi is aiming at non clinging to all those aspects of self. One who has a void mind always has correct samadhi. The next practice is. Panya, intuitive wisdom, the discernment of truth. Here we can see most clearly that realizing voidness or being voidness itself is the essence of wisdom. At the moment that the mind is void, it is supremely keen and discerning. In contrast, when delusion and ignorance develop and enter the mind, causing grasping at and clinging to things as self or possessions of self, then there is supreme foolishness. If you think it over, you will easily and clearly see for yourself that when delusion and ignorance have left the mind, there can be no foolishness. When the mind is void of foolishness, void of I and mine, there is perfect knowing or panya. So the wise say that sunyata and panya, or satipanya, mindfulness and wisdom, are one. It's not that they are two similar things. They are one and the same thing. True or perfect panya, or that wisdom, is voidness, absence of the delusion that, of the delusion that foolishly clings. Once the mind is rid of delusion, it discovers its primal state, the true original mind, which is panya or satipanya. So satipanya is mindfulness and wisdom. 
The word mine, or chitta, is being used here in a specific way. Don't confuse it with the 89 chittas or the 121 chittas of the Abhidhamma, which are a different matter. That which we call the original mind, the mind that is one with Panya, refers to the mind void of grasping at and clinging to self. Actually, this state shouldn't be caught shouldn't be called mind at all. It should be called sunyata. But since it has the property of knowing, we call it mind. Different schools can call it what they want, but strictly speaking, it's enough to say that the true fundamental nature of mind is satipana, panya, satipanya, freedom from grasping and clinging. That's the original, the fundamental state of our minds, of mind. In voidness lies perfect wisdom. We can go on to the path realizations, their fruits and Nibbana. Here the progressively higher levels of voidness reach their culmination in Nibbana, which is called supreme voidance. When practice culminates in a level of insight that cuts through the fetters on one level or another, it is called maga, path realization. The fruit, bala, of cutting through these fetters is the experience of liberation, either partial or complete, depending on the level of insight. With each maga fala, there is a corresponding realization of the unconditioned coolness, which may be a temporary glimpse or the final emancipation. So, this this short section we read has a lot of poly and a lot of uh, gets a little bit more uh, dense, I think. So we're still looking at even if it's just for a second that letting go of the those concepts of I or mine, you know, this is me, this is who I am, this belongs to me. Because the reality is we're all connected to everything. So, uh, we can also see these concepts in action when we look and see the samsara in the world. And uh, we realize that the more open our hearts become, the more, the more compassion we have for whatever's happening with any other being. So why don't we sit? We don't have a lot of time, but we can sit for at least 10 minutes. And uh, let's dedicate the, our practice, whether you're, it's a prayer or meditation, we can sit together and dedicate our thoughts and our uh, our good wishes and our blessings to the people in the Ukraine, to the people and the people seeing this as an act of war and having to deal with what is really incomprehensible to almost all of us in this country, unless you served in the war, because we're, we haven't had people invading our own. You know, we haven't, we have never had to listen to explosions in the neighborhood of uh, buildings being blown up or warning explosions being set off. So, uh, 
we can open our hearts to these people and to everything that they're experiencing right now. So, just let you let your posture lift your spine up and then just relax. Let that straight spine just be the support. And if you need to have uh, pillows or something <clears throat> or anything to make you more comfortable to work, work with your body and find a comfortable position. If your body's in a lot of pain or uh, tension, it's very hard to to uh, get that out of your head so it's hard to clear and let your mind relax. Be aware of your body breathing. Just focus on your breath for a few minutes. It's a light focus. You're also aware of sounds and smells and if your eyes are closed that gives you a little less distraction from visual visuals in your uh, sight range. But we have the bodily contact, our, our skin can feel the clothes on it, feels the pressure from where we're sitting or if we're, our feet are on the floor. You may feel cold air or warm air. And also be aware of thoughts going through your head, going through your mind. Don't try to repress any of those thoughts, but as you see them rise up in your mind, you don't have to chase after them. You don't have to let each one become a story. Just be aware those thoughts are there. Just let them arise and then let them fall away because you're not feeding them with attention. You can come back to that when we finish practicing. As we practice loving kindness, we do begin with ourselves because it's our experience of uh, inner peace and tranquility that allows us to be able to even know how important those qualities are for others. And 
when we can let go of fear, we understand how dearly that same quality of no fear can be for others. So may I be well, may I be free of fear and worry and anxiety. May I know peace. And may I be well, and may I be happy. We move out and think of loved ones in our, in our life. May my loved ones be well and free from fear and worry and anxiety. May loved ones feel safe. May our loved ones be well cared for if they're not able to care. And now just keep radiating out these same feelings and let them go to the people in the Ukraine, peoples in Russia, and places anywhere in the world where there is this kind of aggression and war going on, where there can be terrible fear and worry and anxiety. May all the people in this physical world who are dealing with war, may they be able to carry peace in their hearts. May they be free from fear and worry and anxiety. May they be able to care for themselves and be aware and care for others. And in the midst of this danger in a world that seems full of war and aggression, may all beings realize that Love and peace are the only answers. Not respond with anger, not respond with fear.
May all beings on this planet be well, and be able to know peace, and be able to live in peace. And may everything we do and say and think today be done not only for our own benefits, but the benefit for all other beings. Keep your heart open as you go about your day. Just stay in this state of mindfulness and compassion. So thanks for being here and uh, take care, be well, and I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.